Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Vilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. It's day one at the Australian Open, and guess who's here? <laughs> Fresh off a plane, literally about half an hour ago. Not fresh in any meaningful way, <laughs> but recently disembarked from a plane. I, I, I find it extraordinary that you're here, uh, <laughs> that we're actually doing it this. It is completely surreal. I've never felt so surreal doing a podcast. And when I just greeted you in the street, it felt like some sort of apparition from a post-death dream world. <laughs> If you haven't followed this story, folks, uh, <laughs> exactly a week ago, Catherine was taken unwell with a second eye infection. And <laughs> well, the same eye infection. Uh, yes, and, uh, and she was told she's got to wear two patches and therefore she couldn't fly on a plane. Uh, and hence her Wednesday flight became her Sunday flight. She got off it after 24 hours on the plane about an hour ago, and she's come straight into Melbourne. It is currently 5 to 1 in the morning. (laughs) Is it really? It doesn't feel like that. Catherine got given her apartment's key about 20 minutes ago and then met up with us, so we're now sitting in her living room. Possible new listener. (laughs) What was his name? Peter. Peter. All right, Pete. Uh, And then Catherine's suitcase is sitting to match right here, on its wheels, it hasn't been opened, <laughs> so priorities. And uh, here we here we go. How are you feeling? It's mostly just eye drops and glasses in there. Right. Okay. It's been raining all day. Did you plan for that? No. 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 I mean, that's good news for the country, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, very good news um, for the country. Been and yearning for rain. There's now flood alerts. Right. Which if it, uh, this is a country which can only do extremes of everything. Oh dear. Um, um, yeah, and yesterday I saw videos of hailstorms the size of cars. Mm. I'm exaggerating slightly. Massive golf balls. Yeah. yeah. They look bigger than golf balls. Anyway. Damaged It sounds cars. like I haven't missed anything, basically. No. So, Although I was demanding that Matt basically sort of do live text updates of all the tennis while I was on the, on the plane. Yeah. Because... Um, 
in the 21st century, uh, you can now have both Wi-Fi and live sports on the plane, which I was very, very excited about. And they promised me live tennis from the start of start of play at well 11 a.m local time goodness knows what time it was time was was. redundant yeah they were i think they were about to serve a meal that they were calling dinner but words had lost all meaning anyway they promised me the tennis starting and i said guys i'm gonna i'm gonna be watching all of it i'm i'm sat here i'm ready to put the live tennis on and then there was some NFL game between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers that went on for all my life. (laughs) (laughs) I I tuned in and it said uh, said 12 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. So I thought, great, easy. I can sit through 12 minutes of American football. (laughs) I'll see if if this is my new bag. You've not watched much American football, have you? Literally an hour later... And about 400 ad breaks later, football was still happening, intermittently, very briefly. And it's, it, I couldn't believe, don't tell me there's only 12 minutes to go <laughs> if there's a full hour of oh, stuttering sport still about to happen. <laughs> right. Um, so It was very, very frustrating. Yeah, so this is the NFL podcast. Um, <laughs> no, it's bloody not. No, it's not. Uh, it's just a bunch of blokes standing around bending over <laughs> hold on i'm getting david's in, really into it I'm into i can't even I'm, i know my eyes are not my best asset at the moment but i literally couldn't tell where the ball was most of the time <laughs> that's a really fundamental flaw <laughs> with uh, the viewing experience well pete Altman of espn has been telling me all about it i know all the rules now so i'll pass it on the um, the friendly steward was a Green Bay Packers fan and averted his eyes every time he walked past my seat because he didn't want to know the result. He was saving it for when he got home. And I was like, all right, I hope you've got a whole evening clear, mate. <laughs> quite, quite right. Um, so how much Catherine can contribute to the tennis conversation, which we're about to embark upon? I don't really know. Uh, so let's just see how it goes. Uh, before we do that... We just have to say another massive thank you to everybody that has backed us in our Kickstarter campaign for 2020, which is now at an end. I can stop talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, uh, nearly one and a half thousand people uh, contributed to it. Just amazing. And uh, and thank you so much for that. We are off and running with tennis podcasts in 2020. Not, Not that we exactly stopped. Um, but we're really going to go for it now. And <laughs> well, hang on, we weren't already. <laughs> okay, we were. You've got no other settings. <laughs> Stop and fall. That's it. Uh, the tennis today, as I said, a lot of rain to the point where I, I was told uh, I was just doing the evening session, so come in in the, in the afternoon. And I thought, okay, well, this is going quite well because. Thought, okay, I'll wake up at 5 a.m. then. <laughs> I did do that. Um, the. Dan Evans' match was not supposed to happen today because of the rain, and he was first on uh, at 11 o'clock local time, and five sets later, he'd finished his match, uh, at which point I decided I would go in, and that's exactly when the rain started, (laughs) whilst I was walking to work. And uh, yes, I got drenched. Matt? Is it dramatic rain? Uh, incredibly oh, yeah. dramatic. They only do dramatic rain here, I think. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I don't do drizzle. I felt like I'd just jumped in the Yarra. You look like you had as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, 
you, you would have enjoyed it if you'd have not been in it. <laughs> just if you'd have just seen the sight of me when I walked in. It's 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 really awkward when you're the only person in the room who's soaked. You know, when you walk into the press room and everybody else has been in there and they're dry and you're wringing wet. It's did, really embarrassing. Did Simon use it as justification to record his vlog in an illegal location? <laughs> <laughs> no. I did. I, well, maybe I shouldn't expose him like this, but I did, <laughs> I did see a video on the, his Twitter account today of the rain filmed inside the grounds Simon I think he was just outside the grounds filming it in and that's allowed right yeah Uh, anyway I therefore got there and Dan Evans had fought back from two sets to love down first time in his career 0-14 he'd been from two sets to love down previously sounds as though he was uh, a little bit tight today as and perhaps as we expected because of being the player expected to win seeded Yes. First time at a, slam. at a slam, yeah, which is massive, really. Mm. And he it's could kind of completely what he's been always w- working towards. That isn't it? Yeah. Having a ranking that gets him a seeding at a slam. It was Mackenzie McDonald he beat, and uh, and he'll now face Yoshihito Nishioka mm. and lots potentially of, Djokovic in the third round. Mm. Lots of small guy tennis going on there. Mackenzie McDonald, Dan Evans, and. Nishioka, yes. Uh, he wasn't great today, Dan Evans, I must be said. And even his comeback, the, the, my take on it was it was actually more McDonald really dropping off in his level. This was only his second match since May, McDonald, because uh, he's had, he's had he, surgery. He's been watching NFL. <laughs> <laughs> he's had surgery and he's in here on a protected ranking. Right. And... You, you could see the energy levels just go completely. And as soon as Evans got that third set, he then took control, really. Um, and he did a little a little nod to Tim Hemman's comments about the, the fact that he needs to skip some meals. Tippily told him that he could do with missing a few meals. Yeah, so when he won, he patted his stomach. I wouldn't take that well from Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Actually, similar situation when I when we were watching Ash Barty tonight. She was the first night session match, and she lost the first set to Lesia Serenko, who's a former top thirty player from less than a year ago, but then missed six months of the year with an elbow problem after Washington, and is now down at one hundred and twenty in the world. And she played really, really well for a set, and then you could just see. I mean, look, Barty started playing better, but you could just see that the difference in energy levels by after a set yeah it was a really error strewn match really weird in fact it was the whole evening session I was saying to you earlier I thought was really weird because that Barty's flat first set I wasn't expecting that I thought she'd come out really strong I must say um, and then Djokovic played a bit of a weird match and I looked over on Melbourne Arena and Philip Kohlschreiber Marcus Giron was the headline <laughs> And that was weird, but it was, it was a sens- spa- sparsely populated Melbourne Arena. It was it? sensible because the winner had to play Sitsipas, who, who who managed to get his match in today. So they wanted to get that match on court rather yeah. than keep it delayed by the rain. But Sitsipas was the anti NFL. He won in about thirty eight minutes, and he said, "Yeah, it was pretty much perfect today." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I mean, when when he's really good, he does win quickly because he plays quickly. And, and that was something that really struck me from the match that he played against Nick Kyrgios at the ATP Cup. 
just how there was no messing between points mm. um, and sort of without really sort of being consciously aware of it I was subconsciously aware that um, I, sort of sud- I suddenly became aware that I wasn't reaching for my phone or becoming distracted or it was holding my attention fully which Nadal Djokovic matches say is even ones I'm engrossed in my attention will wane in and, in and out just because there's so much wedgie pulling and ball bouncing <laughs> and so yeah sits, I'm very appreciative of how quickly Sits a pass plays wedgie pulling. That's what's been missing from the podcast the last three yes. days, isn't it? <laughs> There's a new one. <laughs> that's what you've flown me over uh, for. Sits a pass, incidentally, I think has to be one of the most impressively focused players on the men's tour. He doesn't really have letdowns in matches. No, and it's I was that segues nicely into what I was about to say with the his huge Greek support that he receives here. He, he spoke today in both positive terms and negative terms about it. The negative being that I think it does slightly distract from his focus, his sort of inner bubble that he's in on the court, because he can make out what they're saying. And I think he thinks it's a bit rude. And <laughs> he did say, oh, you do sometimes cross the line, yeah. guys, but I love you anyway, which yeah. is a bit like, oh, you're my family and I have to love you. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the press conference, he said, well, I, I think it's more the kind of attitude that, should stay at a football match it's not really polite for tennis <laughs> and yet then and then he sort of realized that this could be sort of construed in a really negative sort way of a so diplomatic said, crisis yeah, yeah so he said oh no i do love them they give me a lot of positive energy but i do think they are a little bit of a distraction it's for not him. very him sounds, is it no that sounds a bit like that sounds a bit like when he talks about drinking alcohol <laughs> and just doesn't ew. he sort of <laughs> accused people of peer pressuring him didn't he yeah <laughs> After winning the ATP finals, they made me drink. <laughs> right, okay. Well, he's through, and he could face, uh, in most of our draws, I would suspect he, we've all got him down to face Djokovic in the quarterfinals. And Djokovic won through in four sets today against Jan Leonard Struff in the last match of the day on Rod Laver Arena. It was, it was a bit weird, that match, wasn't it? It. it there were moments when Djokovic was absolutely sublime. There were pe- purple patches where mm. he came the closest to the sort of Rolls Royce play that you might see from Federer when he's going to when he's winning so easily, he just starts showing off and he starts showing you the things he's capable of doing. And there were a couple of points where Djokovic made two or three incredible gets that are just. Only and he could get to. He started attempting trick shots. Uh, well, he did do a through the legs shot, which he really couldn't pull off <laughs> yeah, at all. It was, it was embarrassing. It was terrible. But I love that, though. I love seeing like one of the best tennis players ever not be able to do something. Yeah, but on then, a tennis court, but like then when he can't hit a humanizing. Smash. Yeah, but then when he raced across and and chased this volley down and just totally wrong-footed Struff on the full run whilst sliding, uh, and then there was another one where he he was in this pinball type rally and he took one step in and kind of just decided to bend it mm. around and just bring it back inside the sideline. It was made you realise, really, how talented he is when, in a way that he just decided, I'm, not, I'm going to win these points in a slightly different way, just to show you that I can. Um, but then he had a really big letdown in the third set. And Struff, look, Struff's dangerous, and he played quite well, but he, it was 6-2, wasn't it, that third set? Yeah, and yeah. he lost serve three times. 
Mm. And first time he's lost a set in the first round here since 2006. Really? And I don't think Struff played that well <laughs> in no. the third set. It was just a really strange it, foot off the gas. Almost looked like a strategic tank. Oh, I completely think it was. But is it, you mean once he lost yeah. serve? Yeah. Yeah, or certainly once he... There definitely was a point lost his all, which, all sorts of yeah. rhythm. He thought, right, just lose this set and yeah. just refocus for the fourth. And which it, it's did. amazing how, how they can just switch yeah. on and off like that. Because the fourth set was 6-1 and, uh, yeah. Yeah. and he was fine. But it, I mean, I, I, and I, look, it's very easy to, to read into it, mm. to it and for me to say, oh, well, there's the example of the ATP Cup thing that I go on about. And I have no evidence for it. I don't know. I mean, that's just a hunch that I have. Um, but I was still surprised. Yeah, I mean, he's never played six singles matches before the Australian Open before, and this is the first time he loses a set in the first round of the, of, of the Australian Open. I think it's a fair comparison, a kind of fair yeah. thing to think could be related, but whether it was or not, we don't really know. Day session on Rod Laver Arena was uneventful. It yes. was, I mean, they, they finished so early, they considered putting another match on there because they started with Naomi Osaka. She won, I think, 6-2, 6 mm-hmm. And then it was uh, Serena Williams won through. She, she won the first set six love against Anastasia Potovova. Went to break down briefly and then just raced away with it. Yeah. And I thought looked really pretty she good. She looks in great shape, I think. As as Courtney Nguyen said on Twitter, the only thing that Serena did badly today was tempering expectations because she was that strong to begin with. Everyone was like, oh, okay, Serena's in this form. And she was punchy in the interview room. First question in the press conference was about Megxit. Yeah. I can't believe I've just said makes it. I hate myself. I'm going to get back on a plane. Yes, yeah, so about Meghan Markle get in the bin and Prince what's Harry. his name? Prince Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she she just said, um, "Nice try." Uh, I won't be commenting on that. <laughs> um, was that just out of interest? Was that a British journalist that asked that? No, it was no, American. It, it was an, it was an American sole tennis writer. Has to be said, it's, it wasn't any kind of wow. um, tabloidy journalist it was a it was a writer who i know for a fact is just works the tennis beat um and i I mean how do you feel about a question like that i think i mean i put it on twitter i didn't i didn't mean for it to kind of call out the question so much i I was just struck by the fact that the first question at serena's first press conference in australia was about you know the royal family and did she not do pre-tournament press no she didn't no How did she manage to evade that? We're not sure. Just sort of walking into a room mm. saying, I'm Serena Williams. Yeah. Or you, you can fight me on this if you want, <laughs> but it's up to you. Yeah. I mean, because I'm so used to having been to a few Wimbledon press conferences, you get questions in there about the Royals every one because there was some kind of Royal correspondent at Wimbledon. I was just a bit taken aback that it was such a big story here. But It's tricky, isn't it? Because... It does feel wrong for that to be the first question, but equally he's thinking, I'm going to get, get in this there. in. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. And uh, a point that was made to me as well, though, is a lot of the time there's kind of silence at the start of her mm. press conferences because everybody's a bit scared of her <laughs> and intimidated by her. And um, I don't, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people are. A lot of people don't want to start. And, mm. uh, and I think that, yeah, I think he, I mean, he's used to it and he just, he just went in there. He, that was the question he wanted to ask, so he did it. I think it's a perfectly legitimate question, but 
Yeah, I think if I would probably want to ask one or two other questions first mm. myself, but yeah. there we are, you know, S- soften her up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think With it would have made tenets. any difference personally. No, uh, but what I was really struck by was how she's not running away from the 24 idea at all, she's totally embracing the idea of that's what I'm here for, and that's I want this, and I'm going for it. I'm going to get carried away now over the course of the next few sentences, but it would be so perfect if she equaled Margaret Court's record in this anniversary year for Margaret Court where we are <clears throat> currently careering headlong into a, an awkward situation, aren't we, where mm. they are going to um, uncomfortably and in a bit of a fudgy way honour Margaret Court for her tennis achievements and her tennis achievements alone um it would it would be great if serena did something to eclipse that and to minimize margaret court's place in the history books a little bit not minimize but (sighs) yeah to to steal some of the attention away from that it would be perfect i i felt slightly sad in a way actually reading the reading that serena quote about how she is a little bit obsessed with this 24 number i don't think serena's greatness should have any real relation to that 24 number i know i know she's made it a goal for herself but if she doesn't get there for me that doesn't take away any any of serena's greatness whatsoever Agreed. And when she was chasing 23, 24 wasn't a thing. thing. Nobody was talking about, oh, once you get 23, it's just a hurdle on the way to 24. It was all about 23. Steffi Graf's number was the number. I I think that's because we just assumed she would do it. Mm. I I think it does matter because those that don't know the background will just take the list and look at the list and make an assumption about who's the greatest. Yeah. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. She's the best player I've, I think, that women's tennis has ever seen. Um, but you just want, I just I know, wanted I to remove that. I, I agree that. with but you the there as well. lists do tend to be open era lists. They do. I mean, yeah, but it becomes such a most thing, though. 24. Statistics we hear when we have, have when you, when the you, asterisk when open you, era. How often do you hear the conversation where that's brought up? I don't feel, unless you are well, a tennis a lot more insider. Before she reached 23. Hmm. I just feel like. I'm pointless when tennis comes <laughs> up. Richard Osman always says in the open era. But nobody ever says Margaret Court, then Serena Williams. By the way, Margaret Court, half of her titles aren't really that important. They just say she's trying to get over 24. Hmm. And. Is is my sense, and so yeah, the nuance I, of it is 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 lost. I think it it does matter. I it doesn't matter to me, but it matters. Mm. Um, so we'll see. She's got six more matches to win here over the next two weeks, and she might do. What's going on outside? Um, you in a bit of a dodgy, <laughs> dodgy neighbourhood, Catherine? I don't. Where have I lured you to? I've got to walk home after this. <laughs> and Matt, and he's um. only about eighteen. <laughs> um, right. Be a brave mugger, David, that comes at you. Yeah, especially in the mood I'm in. Um, <laughs> Dear. Um, just, you mentioned Osaka. Something that really struck me today was how different, she said, it feels to be defending 
the title in Australia compared to defending the title in New York, she was stressed in New York. She mm. was really stressed by it. I think she finds New York as a place quite stressful. It doesn't really fit her personality at all. They're completely diametrically opposed. Um, whereas Melbourne, she feels much happier, much more comfortable. And she says that she's happier in her role as defending champion. She's not even really thinking about it. And I think in New York, she thought, I have to play my best tennis. You know, I'm the defending champion. I need to put my best tennis out on the court. Whereas here in Melbourne, she's, she's viewing it as, as, I just need to win matches. And that's kind of what she did today. She wasn't always brilliant, but she certainly did just enough. And that's, that's a much more comfortable mental space to be in when you're not aiming for your absolute best all the time. You're just aiming for good enough. And I think that's, I think that's kind of her approach, this tournament. Mm. Yeah, she, um, she did look pretty good when she got going. Mm. She was pretty nervy at the start. Yeah. I, did, I did think early on whether the the 2000 points thing that she kept referencing in the pre-tournament press conference might become an issue here Um, and look other players I know they're not Naomi Osaka but I expected a lot of Denis Shapovalov at this tournament and over the next year and he's out did he feature in your predictions? no because I thought he would lose to Federer yes you thought he would get to that would have been a fourth round yeah yeah Yeah. Oh, I watched quite a lot of that match today and it felt like a, a massive and sudden regression <coughs> to everything he was doing pre-Usney. Usney um, was there, Usney was there, yeah. Usney was absolutely there. So, but so four set loss to... Can I say his name? Because... As you've learned how to say it. A year or so ago, when I stand by this, Martin Fritjovic was sort of a bit of a thing. <laughs> I went to lengths to ascertain how to correctly pronounce his name. So there you go, Martin be- Fuchovic. He's made himself into a thing again by well, getting a win over Dennis. But yeah, but, Dennis's but, performance and then his post-match yeah. press conference performance was a little... Yeah, it, it did feel like a, a I, bit I of a regression. I was pretty eager to hear from you about his post-match press conference because I, I wanted him to come in and be gutted about that. Mm. I think that's a horrible loss, really, and by all accounts, the the nature of it equally horrible. He he was certainly disappointed, but I just think he was focusing on the wrong things. So basically what happened in the match was that he he smashed his racket into the court and got a code violation. And he told the umpire on the court, that's a terrible call. You, you know, you, you absolutely can't code me because I didn't break the racket. The rule is I have to break the racket, which... <laughs> When he reads the rules, he's, he's not going to feel too good about that because that isn't the rule. The rule is violently um, and aggressively throwing your racket is you can get a code violation. And he just went off on one in the press conference about how he thought it was a horrible call and he thought the umpire was just making, making calls because he can. And he was really fixated on it. And did, did he come into press straight away? Fairly, fairly soon. Um, not straight away. Um, within uh, half an which, hour maybe which, uh, it was a bit immature probably and also he admitted that the qu- quotes the very strong quotes he gave in his pre-tournament press conference about the air quality issue he was not really standing by anymore because he he'd not been to the player meeting that everybody had been told 
the information about the new measures being put in place by Tennis Australia because he was on a flight over from Auckland and he had not been told by anybody were his words I think Mm -hmm. about those changes and therefore he was sort of speaking about a situation that was about two or three days old when he'd given those quotes um my my sense just just quickly is um I think he's knackered and I think he he I was talking to Mark Woodford this evening he was with us in the BBC radio commentary box and he he reminded that this guy got to the final of the Davis Cup Mm. and played all of that played the day played the ATP Cup played Auckland played a, a lot of other events he won his first title didn't he in yeah, Stockholm, Stockholm. Yeah. He, he's made great strides in that period but I think he's probably a bit burnt out and, and again and this is why I, I just feel that there is some of these fellas are going to be a bit frayed but this is I think I came out of that press conference and I, I spoke to you about this David and I said if we're looking at the differences or the reasons why the big three have been able to dominate at slams for so long obviously the, a major part of it is they're better players but a, a, a significant part as well is they're smarter and they and they schedule better and cuts part of that is experience they they understand their their bodies and and the kind of toll of the tour but you know Djokovic for example has played the ATP Cup realized this is this is taking a physical toll on me so he's pulled out of Adelaide and he's adjusted his preparation he's come to Australian Open Shapovalov has had a not quite uh, tiring as tiring an ATP Cup as Djokovic had but fairly I mean he played a lot of matches there coming off the back of the Davis Cup as well and then he's gone to Auckland played played some matches there and then flown back and it just seems not very smart I don't think um, and something that really he needs to think about i think is is his scheduling yeah yeah i think he does as well because uh, was it here last year after six passes run here you looked at the events that he was scheduled to play and you said that's gonna have to change like this is this isn't the scheduling of somebody yeah. eyeing grand slam mm. titles and and he does seem to have adjusted his approach to his scheduling and look where he is he's yeah. doing it I know he's not winning Grand Slam titles yet, but he's where Shapovalov wants to be, and Shapovalov is a way off. Mm. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. 
being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Yeah. So he's not going to be playing Roger Federer, who was just imperious today. Uh, not a jot of ring rust. Yeah, there he just disproved all. the theory of rust. I mean, he hasn't played since November, and he comes out and times the ball like that. It is a bit of a joke, actually. Somebody said on Twitter that the the new the new tell for Federer is if pre-slam he says my expectations are really low, he's going to win the thing. <laughs> if pre-slam he's saying. I'm in the best shape of my life. He's going to lose to John Millman in the fourth round. Or, you know, insert well, name here. Certainly three, yeah. certainly three years ago, that's, it's got a, f- a similar feel to it. You know, I think we perhaps expect more of him here than we certainly did then because he mm. was coming off a of surgery. But there, there is a, a feeling that, well, he's as fresh as anything. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it should be said, Steve Johnson is an absolutely perfect yes. match-up for him because he... Uh, with apologies to Steve Johnson, but he has no backhand. Um, it's a, a slice backhand. It's isn't a slice it? backhand. Is all he has. Keeps it going, and that just plays right into Federer's hands. He can just do what he wants mm. with it. And if he's ever struggling in the rally, he just goes to Steve Johnson's backhand, and he's back to neutral and just tees off again. He had a bit of five o'clock shadow going on, didn't he, <laughs> Federer? He looked like bad Superman. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was about five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Um, he, I just wanted to draw attention as well to his press conference where he was, he was asked about Yannick Sinner, who is currently two sets to love up in his match against M. Purcell, who I don't know. I think he's Australian, isn't he? That's all I've got on M. Right. Purcell. Four games all in the third. Um, so, would, would that be his first Grand Slam match win? Sinner, Sinner, yeah. Yes, he's he's, he's would, only right? played one Grand Slam match before, which was the Wawrinka one at the US, which he lost. Mm. I just really found the, the quotes here about Sinner. It's, it's classic Federer, just seeing something in a player that certainly I hadn't really thought of it like that. Or, and and, and he's, oh, he just thinks deeply about whoever he comes across, it seems to me. Just, just listen to a, a little bit of this. He says, what I like about Sinner is that he's almost got the same speed off the forehand and the backhand, similar to Felix and some other guys. Back in the day, you know, you had players like Steve today, you go, you go to their backhand. You know, it's, you know it's going to come slower and you go to the forehand and you know it's going to come back faster. Bless him, he's talking about Andy Roddick, isn't he? <laughs> And Fernando Gonzalez. Yeah. He says, with Yannick, I don't feel there is such a thing, which obviously he needs to manage when to pull the trigger and how big you can go, because it's not quite realistic to just keep on whacking the ball full speed. He has great footwork for a big guy because we forget how tall he is, and then he can play like most of the best movers in the game right now. He can also play open stance and closed stance, which I think is a huge advantage for movement for the future. 
Has so he I been think, watching YouTube videos of Yannick Sinner in so his I th- spare time? I think we'll see so much more from him. He's an exciting guy, a super, a super sweet kid, which I always love to see. Well, well what he does do, Federer, is he invites a lot of yeah. the young players to train with him, doesn't he? And he sort of... I think it's it's kind of a power move, really, isn't totally. it? Totally. It's, it's young it, players and Dan Evans. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but but he also gets a buzz out of it. Oh, he does, absolutely. He? He, he is a big kid. Oh. Is Federer? There uh, was that. There was the video going around, which there's a lot of behind the scenes cameras at at the Australian Open, and they, their purpose is to capture content. They're not security cameras. They're there to try and get little bits that you wouldn't see normally behind the scenes and there was one of Federer playing playing hide and seek with uh, Severin Luti and his and his team and, and it was I'm big, not sure anybody else knew they were playing hide and seek though no, he was, was just playing his own game of hide and seek yeah <laughs> yes they just they looked long suffering I mean I am I'm a bit conflicted on the big oh, brother style uh, cameras they have here but then I see something like that and I'm like I feel compromised in my views, but that was that was the biggest glimpse I've had of the Roger Federer that you describe. Knowing David, mm. you described in the Roger Federer special that we did, and you described knowing back in the day when he was a youngster and into wrestling and playing lab, mu- lab music in his car and stuff. Yeah. That was a real window on that Roger Federer. Oh, he's playful. He's a, yeah. He's a- pain in the arse sometimes I have to say I mean he used to be anyway um, I love I love him I think he's I like all that sort of thing but I mean you know you have to watch your back because he's going to try and get you um, is my recollection um, and he loves it so any other results of note? I'll tell you what we haven't talked about Coco Goff have we? We haven't no uh, so yeah Coco Goff beat Venus Williams for the second time and I think the biggest takeaway is how at Wimbledon it felt like a shock, uh, whereas here it didn't really. Part of that was because Venus hasn't played and came in. And to be honest, the first two games, I thought this could be over in about 45 minutes. Venus couldn't find the court. But then it turned into a really good match, particularly the first set. Um, and there's, there is so much to admire about Venus Williams. I mean... We, we talk so much about how Federer um, and Serena and are still going at their age. You know, Venus is even older and she's not got the obvious reason to keep going that, that both Serena and Federer have. And yet she's still out there. And some of the tennis she played was, was really uplifting to watch, that she can still hit the ball so sweetly when she wants to. And You went out there for that one, I did, yeah. And... and her whole body language is kind of fascinating because she's she's so subdued. I mean, she she really is not energetic on the court at all, and yet occasionally she just explodes in these rallies. Still, um, but Goff it was my first time watching Goff live as well, and she was hitting second serves above a hundred miles an hour throughout the whole match as though it was just normal, which is pretty unbelievable and. The other thing you notice about her, or I did certainly, is how precise her footwork is. I mean, she's a great mover, but she makes the little adjustments. If the, if the ball hits the net, you know, the net cord and comes to her, she she moves almost um, just on instinct. She knows where to go, and she was able to take away Venus's time by just by doing that. And yeah, she's 
this might this might sound like a weird thing to say, but she's actually better than I thought she was. Goff, yeah. in a way, I think that there's been a lot of talk about how Goff is, com- you know, absolutely completely amazing. But well, having watched her, I've never been like completely blown away. But I, but I kind of was today. When someone's that hyped, right? It's it's almost impossible for them to live up to, to, to their live expectations. Up to it, Are you yeah. sort of expecting to be underwhelmed when you actually see the real thing? Um, I, I watched she's not. towards the end of the first set when she, she'd had three set points and they, they all came and went and she was serving for the set and, and then it ends up in a tie break. And she was rattled, rattled mm. by that briefly and yet she still held it together. Yeah. I've, I just I find her a marvel, really. Yeah. I, I'm still waiting for the blip. I'm wait, I'm, I don't want to see it, but I'm sort of... Human nature t- tells me that this isn't normal it, well, that, that, that she's 15 that she has a breakout win at Wimbledon that she follows it up at the US Open that she wins a title in Linz I mean indoors in Austria and then comes out straight away at the start and we haven't seen anything we haven't seen any kind of moment of it's, I mean, of, it's, of a wobble it's her first direct entry into the main draw of a slam she just looks born for it mm. I hope that continues. Yeah, and I should say, just as 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 I think what I've said, as struck as I was by Goff, I also was by Venus, even in defeat. And it was it was two marvels out there. You know, tennis is such a physical sport, and I don't think there's another sport as physical as tennis where you could have a 15 year old being able to do what she was doing out there, and the 39 year old, and they were playing at such a high level against each other on the biggest stage, and that was that was it's, it's really special those those kind of moments. Yeah. Any other results today of note? Uh, one other notable outfit. Oh, Grigor. Grigor. What was he wearing? <laughs> I mean, so, his warm-up one was the one that yeah. stopped me in my tracks. Yeah. Is that what he wants? To yes. Stop people in the tracks. Yeah. Well, so, so I went to his press conference. Well, does he think? That looks good. But, but I mean, does he if just you, want well, to cause a stir? Everything. He think he thinks it looks good and. He can kind of pull it off. Sure. And I mean, it, and he's also heavily involved in the design process of it all. Oh, and he, well, and he, and he, keep that quiet yeah. for you, Grigor. So, no, he, he, <laughs> it was a, not like an all-black onesie with yellow blobs all over it. Mm. Like, it looked like a sort of, I don't know. It looked like a novelty ski it. suit. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a massive mm. smile on his face. He was loving it. Yeah. yeah. So I went to the press conference... Well, actually, he, he was he was um, down for interview room five, which is not particularly big interview room five. So I was waiting there. He was a bit late. And then suddenly, Grigor Dimitrov is on his way to interview room five. And suddenly, there were loads of people. So we had to move into one of the bigger interview rooms. And obviously, everyone else had the same idea that I had to try and ask him about his, his outfit. And Adam the Crooks got in there first and said... Um, Grigor, what do you actually think about what you were wearing? <laughs> and he turned the question back on her and said, well, what do you think? Oh, nightmare. Yeah. And, oh, no. And Eleanor said, well... Worst possible scenario. <laughs> Eleanor said, well... What would you have said, Matt, thinking on your feet? Um, I think I'd have said what Eleanor said. Not my taste. <laughs> Bold. <laughs> which, I, I, I and then Grig- he said, I designed it. Which Grigor took really well. He said... I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I'd have said, I'm not sure I'm qualified. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I said, not my taste, but 
you can pull it off kind of thing. Um, but and, and then he went into this big long spiel about how yes, he's 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 he likes colours. He's desi- he's heavily involved in the in the process. He wants to make a bit of a fashion statement, and he has some fun with it. And I must say, the spark was back with. Well, did, did anybody ask him about the the interview that he did with, um, I think maybe, Bul- well, no, it wouldn't have been Bulgarian TV because he would have been a speaking Bulgarian. Um, I saw it on social media. I'm not sure what TV outlet it was. It was here a couple of days ago. Um, and uh, he was asked, what, what have you learned most over the last year, over the ups and downs of the last year? And he said, how did he put it, Matt? He said that he has learned not to expect too much of others. Which is the most tragic answer imaginable. That really... I, I really felt sad mm. hearing him say that. I mean, He's, been le- he's clearly been, been let, let down, down by a lot of people, yeah. Mm. It's doesn't know who he can trust anymore. Yeah, no. I think there's a lot of people in his life. There's a few close people to him that he he's confident in, but I think he's that are telling him he looks good. He, he reminds me a, li- <laughs> a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of people like Mark Philippoussis, yeah. who are really, really. They're both really nice people, Mark and Grigor, and you get trust the feeling people. that they they don't know who to, who's a good and who's not. And so they, they're just nice with everybody and they can get taken advantage of. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the press conference for that. No. Right. It was it, very... It, it, took, it took a fashion-heavy direction early on. Early on, if yeah. If you've got a smile on his face, that's good. Oh, absolutely. As I said, the spark is something... So it's on. I mean, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased that he it's seems to be happy What's again. it? <laughs> the Grigor... Vision. I mean, he beat he beat Federer at the last slam. Yeah. So quite, and quite he's right. in Fact. his section again. So yeah. yep, that would be interesting to see. Radio uh, tomorrow. Oh, ninety six matches. <laughs> Can't cope. Hang on, we haven't mentioned Kuzmova. Oh, was almost the first loser of the of yeah, Grand the, Slam tennis twenty twenty. Yeah, the race was on. Who's going to lose first, Kuzmova or Larson? Kuzmova didn't even get that crown. <laughs> Oh, bless her. <laughs> yes. All I have to say is some, sometimes mistakes are made. <laughs> well, at least you picked your Stremska as well. Yeah. If you pick everybody... You someone, will, someone will make it. Someone right? will pop yeah. up. And, Although... I, as I said back in... Well, well, it came to my attention this morning uh, that on ESPN they'd done a big tournament preview and it was... And, and the section was woman to sneak through unnoticed... Victoria Kuzmova. Right. So it's not you. So please direct all future mocking and hate to ESPN. (laughs) Okay, tomorrow, a cracking match to start off with on paper. If Kristina Mladenovic is fit, she's playing Karolina Pliskova in the first uh, match on Rod Laver Arena. Then Donna Vekic against Maria Sharapova. I mean, that's a couple of corkers on paper, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, it's one of those where I think the day session on Rod Laver is actually Mm, much better than the night session. Then it's Nadal against somebody I have to say I've never heard of. Who Matt and I saw um, in Paris on the Simone Mathieu court playing Sitsipas. It was great. And it was great fun. He is great fun. I mean, he's obviously going to lose, but he's great fun. I remember watching that match and thinking, I want to see more of yeah. Delian. Hugo Delian of Bolivia. Yeah. Mm. That's who, who, it is. who says that back in Bolivia, they're, they're treating that match like the World Cup final. Oh, that's oh. so cool. That's very cool. 
so we've got Medvedev against Tiafo in the evening session, um, and then Angelique Kerber against. You shouldn't be putting a women's match on after oh, no. Medvedev Tiafo. No, no. Uh, Angelique Kerber against Italian qualifier Elisabetta Ciocchiarito. Okay, I've said that well. Uh, and then on... You could do shout-outs after this, David, so don't go, <laughs> don't go too big too early with Fortunately, your Fortunately, one of them's called Chip. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all right. Um, Alexander Zverev and Simona Halep are both playing on... Zverev's the... got Cechinato. I know Cechinato hasn't been a thing for a couple of years, and but... And never on anything other than a clay court. No, but... You could definitely see him losing a couple of unnecessary sets there. Mm. Oh, but yeah. the, there's Off just the loads and loads of matches. There's Kyrgios, obviously, on the Melbourne Arena, last on. Um, there's, there's one court that's got seven matches on. Cool. Now, if the Davis Cup told us anything, <laughs> <laughs> it's that six is too many. So this time tomorrow, we will not be recording because the sixth <laughs> yeah. match... I was just seven. thinking, it's kind of late. It's 20 to two now but actually the last tournament I was at they were starting matches at this time so really this is this is early what am I complaining about the tennis is nuts okay so joining Chip in terms of shout outs for the day Does Chip uh, have a surname so th- no no we oh. don't have Just a surname Chip. so thank you oh, Chip like for Prince ba- back in yeah. the tennis Madonna. podcast thank you Sean Fitzpatrick and thank you Andrew Greenoff all Thanks, folks. the tennis Thank podcast at the £100 level and we're hugely appreciative as we are to all of the 1,500 people who pitched in our mascots we're very appreciative to them always uh, I mean I think Catherine and frankly just you know have it for free <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just send us pictures people have given us money to send us pictures of animals yes it's extraordinary Crum- Crumble the dog is Crumble our is Australian? I mean, they're all just so great. Let's not do this again, Catherine. Okay. It lasted four <laughs> minutes last time. Okay. Australian Open mascot, Crumble. Uh, Butler is our year-long mascot, so hello, Butler. And we had a lovely picture of Butler today watching Naomi Osaka. Yeah. So make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and then you'll get to see all these sort of things. Uh, links in the show notes to this show. Uh, our Reddit community is growing, I've burgeoning. Joined. Up to 300. Really? Oh, dear. If it gets to 500, I, was, I have to I do one asked, of those Ask Me Anything oh, things. Yeah. I was asked if it was really me. There was <laughs> some speculation that I might have been a fake Catherine Whittaker. Right, okay. Are you? Well, there might be other fake Catherine Whittakers, but I can confirm that I am the, okay. the, one, the one and only. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, newsletter. Get on the newsletter. We've got to go and put that together now, Matt. So the day's not over yet. <laughs> Uh, This is the first of 15 daily editions of the Tennis Podcast here uh, in Melbourne. Catherine, it's lovely to have you with us. It's lovely to be here. Delighted you made it. It's it's made us really happy that you're here, finally. No, it's really nice. It's really nice. Uh, And we'll be back with more tomorrow. So, sleep up, watch your tennis, and we'll speak to you later. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 